1: Hey Alarmy, before we get started, we wanted to make sure you heard the big news. The Alarmist has joined Patreon. Patreon subscribers will get access to our content ad-free, as well as our aftermath post-interview discussion and final verdict. We'll also be putting out additional bonus episodes and other fun stuff. Here's a preview of our Little Alarms series, only available on Patreon. Patreon.
3: Yeah, well, anyway, I I hope that that whoever Tina saw going into the bookstore with an open can of Red Bull, I hope everything turned out okay. Yeah, we digress. (laughs) For the book's sake. I'm nervous for the books. I'm nervous for the bookstore owners.
1: Books are so vulnerable. Just a little piece of water. I
4: know, a bunch of paper. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. I know, I know, Mm -hmm. I know. Fire and water are not its
3: friend. I know.
4: No,
1: they're
3: but it beats. you are so rock.
4: sensitive.
3: But it beats rock. It beats. Why
1: does it beat rock?
3: Covers it. It's, it's true. It
1: and how yeah. does that
3: beat it? People ignore it once it's covered. It you can rock throw rock a rocket, rock at, at a book. That's not. That's not a big deal. That's not a big deal. That's not a big deal. But do oh. you throw a fireball or a water ball at a book?
4: That's not a good idea.
3: Yeah. No. No.
4: So throw a rock. Everyone start going good. into bookstores with rocks. <laughs> okay. This, yeah, is this is definitely why you're a here. Lot of sense. Okay, <laughs> good.
1: <laughs> is that clear, this episode Tina? Of Little yeah. Alarms Tina, you is got that? <laughs>
3: not only helpful, but it's educational in so many ways. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like
1: okay. mar- Go to patreon.com slash the and subscribe today. Now on to our episode. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario. In my Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the Duchess of Argyle scandal. Here's what you need to
3: know. Margaret Campbell, Duchess of Argyle.
2: Everything is about sex. I like it very much. and I'm extremely good at it. How many men have you got? How many women have you got?
1: Margaret Wiggum was born on December 1, 1912. She was the only child of Scottish socialite Helen Mann Hannay and successful textile businessman George Hay Wiggum. Despite their Scottish descent, the family lived in New York City for most of Margaret's childhood. Her mother was overbearing and controlling, often belittling Margaret, who struggled with a speech stammer. By all accounts, though, Margaret was a beautiful young lady with many interested suitors, including Prince George, the Duke of Kent, Playboy Prince Ali Khan, and British actor David Niven. At age 14, during her brief love affair with Niven, Margaret became pregnant and was forced by her parents to have an abortion. But Margaret's move to London during her late teens made an enormous splash in the British socialite scene. She was presented in court in 1930 and named Debutante of the Year. Shortly thereafter, she announced her engagement to the 7th Earl of Warwick. The engagement was short-lived, however, as Margaret followed her heart and married American businessman and amateur golfer, Charles Sweeney. The wedding included a great deal of publicity and fanfare, and her wedding dress, which was designed by Norman Hartnell, literally stopped traffic, causing a three-hour backup in Knightsbridge. During her marriage to Sweeney, Margaret would have three children, one unfortunately a stillborn girl, and eight miscarriages. The couple would later divorce in 1947. It was Margaret's second marriage to the Duke of Argyle in 1951, which would cause enormous controversy and etch her name in the annals of British tabloid history. The man Margaret would later describe as, quote, two-faced, a true Gemini was Ian Campbell, a 48-year-old, twice-divorced, Scottish aristocrat who had fought in World War II. Their relationship almost instantly showed fractures due to his alcoholism and gambling. There was also friction between Margaret and Louise, the Duke's second wife, as her kids, not Margaret, would inherit the Enverary Castle that Margaret spent large amounts of her fortune to restore. Ian and Margaret's marriage spiraled into mutual infidelity and was riddled with animosity. In 1963, the Duke filed for divorce on the grounds of adultery. He ransacked their home and hired locksmiths to open Margaret's drawers and steal her personal letters. After finding compromising photos, Ian instructed private investigators to dig up dirt on his estranged wife. In what became a drawn-out legal dispute, Margaret was accused of having 88 sexual partners during their marriage. In the court proceedings, Ian presented Polaroids of Margaret wearing nothing but her signature three-string pearls, performing oral sex on an unidentified man. The tabloids dubbed him the Headless Man and had a field day with the story. The pictures were everywhere and Margaret's reputation was tarnished. After hearing the evidence, Lord Wheatley, the presiding judge, granted the divorce and condemned Margaret as, quote, a highly sexed woman who was not satisfied with normal relations and had started to indulge in disgusting sexual activities to gratify a debased sexual appetite. After the divorce, Margaret lost her title and status, was shunned from society, and would eventually run out of her family fortune. Seemingly, the only attention she would receive was from her beloved poodles and the press, who would hound her for the rest of her life. Fun Facts aka Death Stats It took the judge more than three hours to read out his 64,000 word judgment one of the longest in history at the time. Margaret was ordered by a judge to pay the bulk of her ex-husband's legal fees of 50,000 pounds, over $1.4 million today. The divorce hearing was the longest and most costly of the 20th century. Margaret died in a nursing home in 1993 at the age of 80. She had barely any money to her name. The identity of the headless man in the photo has never been revealed. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guests today are Matt Marr and
2: Jake Anthony. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody! Salutations. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Rebecca and two men in the morning. That's
0: right. (laughs) That's our morning talk
2: show.
5: It
0: also could be your late night show. Yes. Also, yeah. That's also (laughs) a morning for me.
1: Regardless, (laughs) I'm either staying up late or waking up early. Yeah. No. No (laughs) riders
0: needed, so you can do the show. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, we're WGA. We're uh, <laughs> so um, I just want to tell our listeners, Matt and Jake are the hosts of Reality Gaze. And if you guys can give us uh, a little snippet of what our listeners can expect on your podcast. It's so fun.
0: I mean, oh, thank you. Yes, thank you. We talk about 90 Day Fiance. Oh, that's our big show. Like, Yeah. For instance, we, Today, uh, or reality yesterday. television, yes, reality yeah. television, 90 day fiance, Jake and I just had a 10 minute discussion yesterday about a man who, who had had over, who was dating this woman, who's had over 2,500 sexual partners. And there is literally a hole in his headboard. So that's, that, that's the <laughs> oh, quality entertainment. Uh, yeah. We're talking about that.
2: <laughs> so and you're appropriate for this episode, yeah. I guess, right? Yeah, no, this, this does feel. This actually feels close to home for me um, <laughs> because I've been known to be slightly, you might say, promiscuous in my youth. Mm. Um, we're a sex
0: positive show. We're a sex yeah. positive yeah. show. We're sex
3: positive.
2: <laughs> and, uh, and Are and you also, also a duchess? You know, I've been
0: called that. Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, She's also uh, been called oversexed.
2: Yes, <laughs> so we're gonna get to that. Uh, and um. the dirty duchess also. But uh, I also this woman has raised poodles, and that is my nickname. Oh, so it's perfect! You guys, I do
0: call him Poodle because he looks like it. We yeah. I do want to say also we cover shows like Love Is Blind. Uh, we're about Love. to jump into that. We do uh, Love After Lockup. We uh-huh. do a lot of shows. Um, we are about to start the Golden Bachelor. Uh, this is oh, our first. Can't wait! We're very so, excited. <laughs> Rebecca's
3: very excited about
0: that. Show. Um, <laughs> we are too. Asshole. So let us know if you want. We'll do something. But um oh, please. So we're. Yeah. So that what we do focus on a lot of shows, my background was I thought I was going to be a therapist. And so I got my master's in clinical psych and Jake was doing life coaching. And then we realized we don't want to deal with real people's problems. We Mm. just want (laughs) to deal with reality (laughs) TV people's imaginary
2: problems (laughs) (laughs) and 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 then have no one talk back to us. That's that's
0: ideal. So we do a lot of shows about people looking for love in all the wrong places. I love
1: it. This is right up my alley. Uh, You guys, we have to start off the show. By doing what we usually do and asking our guests, what is something that's recently alarming you? What's something that's keeping you up at night?
0: So I'm... I've been really upset. My mother is moving. I'm originally from Oklahoma. Oh, no. I've lived in LA for no, 20 years. We can't so no, this. but when you're a gay son, you have to take care of your so my mother's moved back to Oklahoma and she called me last night and literally I'm like, where the what am I gonna do for my mother? But <laughs> the Talaferro furniture store in our hometown closed. <laughs> so she doesn't know where she's gonna get a new couch. And she said, Jimmy doesn't have his furniture store anymore. I don't know where I'm gonna go. So <laughs> I have to help my 73-year-old mother <laughs> mm-hmm. find a couch. Uh, a, like a drive. An hour and a half to just find a couch because mm. that Ugh. because uh, uh, Taylor's Furniture closed five years before because apparently. Uh, everything's going out of business in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Oh. That's what keeps me up at night. Sure. Yeah, and she's I, not I a, she's that. not
4: a trusting of like order something online, have it delivered.
2: Oh, no, no, no. no. Why do I, no <laughs> she's got to no, sit no. in
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I'm yeah. baby. I'm sorry, but I want something in America. That's why I got to get in here.
2: What you just heard is about 70% of our podcast content. Stories of Ardmore. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, we'll pray for her couch. Thoughts um, and prayers.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> now we have to dive in because there's so much that we have to put up on the board. And this is a very salacious
2: mm. uh Yes. Uh, Thank you for contacting us. Scandal. It seems very, yeah. very appropriate. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and and you know, we have to also remember context, time period. Oh yeah we're talking Country. 1950s 1960s <laughs> yes. um we're talking the uk and london uh elizabeth has a, a, she's been queen for how long at this point uh maybe oh. 10 years oh, right. yeah.
4: yeah we're, we're
1: talking 50s. high
0: society we're talking yes all oh, it, of it y- y- y'all don't understand i mean jake Jake will talk about the Gilded Age for 35 minutes oh. on our <laughs> podcast because he loves that. And also I love
2: anything, period. I'm, I'm a big if Downton Ke- Abbey fan.
0: Oh uh, Kieran Knightley's in it, he's gonna cry. I, I will say if this woman that we're gonna talk about was born in an earlier time, not in Poodle's lifetime, I believe in reincarnation. And I would actually say this was Jake Anthony.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I- It's so strange, when I was reading it, I was like, why does this, this is like, I'm like having flashbacks, but she was born. But the weirdest thing is when I came to the, the pearls and I was like, oh my God. That's sometimes I'm only wearing pearls. <laughs>
4: <laughs> maybe you were her dog in a past life. Oh! And you oh, lived it with her. You were the poodle. And maybe you were a poodle.
2: Yes, you were the poodle. I saw p- everything.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and I learned you. everything from watching her. <laughs> yes, Rebecca, Queen Elizabeth, uh, she became the queen in 52. So this yeah, divorce right. Okay, so... So she was fully entrenched.
1: Um, and you mentioned Downton Abbey and for for our Downton Abbey fans, Inverary, which is the castle that the Duchess restored, mm-hmm. is actually used in the Christmas uh, Downton uh, mm. movie. Oh, cool. Yes. Oh, that yes, is actually, actually where I knew it when <laughs> I read it. I was like, <laughs> I wonder, okay. <laughs> Inverary. So um, let's start off by putting the
3: Duke on the board. Get them not- up there.
1: Now, he's not a great guy. <laughs>
3: No. No. He's got demons, Reeves. He's got yeah. demons.
1: Sure. Let's 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 read. So uh The Duke, Argyle, was known to struggle with addictions to alcohol, gambling, and prescription pills. He was also very well known to be cold and violent. His two Mm. previous wives reported numerous accounts of physical and emotional abuse. The divorce that enwrapped Britain in its publicity clutches technically began in 1958 with years and years of the couple tangled in the legal system, suing and countersuing one another. This is from The Guardian. It was when she stopped paying the Duke's bills that he reported started divorce proceedings throughout it her society circle largely sided with the duke uh, says Spence although i think privately a lot of people especially women sympathized with her mm. yeah so the duke was known to marry women very rich wi- rich women and when they he was through with their money divorce them and marry a new one
2: mm. i got to say that's a great move
1: <laughs> um... <laughs> Smart, very, but not yeah. nice. Maybe not no, nice. Not
2: nice. <laughs> no, definitely not.
3: And but, definitely, but, and not sort a of long term thinking. Right, mm. it's, it's very short term. He feels like he's putting out fires. Like the fire is, and he throws a new wife at the fire, which is is increasing debt.
4: Well, he yeah. had the privilege of his maleness to be able to do that because he could just bounce, 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 bounce. Right, like the ladies can't could do that.
3: That's true. I feel like the duke was chasing. Like he had his title. But he didn't have sort of the status because he didn't have the money behind the title. Yes. So, mm. so is there some kind of peer pressure uh, thing we can put up on the board in, in that way? I don't know where I'm going with that, but you guys know. Well, like, well you're I think status. it's classes.
1: It's classism, classism. It is, yeah, and sure. it's very British.
5: Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure. <laughs> even, um, even though you
2: have no money, you still have to act like you do.
4: Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? Like putting on airs or something? What is that? Yeah, I'm literally
0: putting on airs. Yeah.
3: Just, yeah, should we literal. just say heirs? Heirs! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, while we're talking about the Duchess, we should also put her up on the board. Okay. Yeah. Because, you
5: mm-hmm. know, Mayor. it's a
1: marriage, it's taking two to tango. And I- I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the uh, a very British scandal, which is a TV show. Claire
2: Foy, that
1: was. Yes, Claire said, Foy. Yeah spectacular performance we wouldn't expect any less from our our Claire Foy
3: giving Kira Knightley Um, a run for her money mm. don't tell Jake (laughs) my (laughs) queen
1: but uh, you know they they put on the show and and honestly we Chris and I after watching it last night we were talking about how there's something about this character and the uh, uh Margaret who that is it's 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 a bit she is a bit unlikable as much as I want to get behind her. Mm. She does have this spoiled entitled streak. Mm-hmm. And that said, she still didn't deserve it.
2: Right. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. no <laughs> because, one, no one deserves like what was done to her, especially revenge no, porn. Right. Right. No. You can be a brat
4: and spoiled and entitled and like just rotten, but you don't deserve to be like slut shamed and totally yeah. smeared.
3: But, but I like what Jake said about, Revenge, point. revenge let's porn. Put revenge yeah, point let's put that up
1: on the board. Um, I want to say Blood a little shaving. bit about the Duchess. Yes. So this is from today. The facts about her really were that she was very entitled, privileged, and she came from a background where she got whatever she wanted from the men in her life. Then a married man who refused to give her anything uh, comes around, says Claire Foy. She's hmm. this was when she's interviewed. She was
4: not taking the side of her. character.
1: No, <laughs> this is from the Guardian. <laughs> Margaret was complicated. Some people found her snobby and self-publicizing, says Lacey. She was a name dropper and had an attitude of entitlement. Nothing was ever her fault. As Lindsay Spence notes in her book, The Grit and the Pearl, Margaret rarely, if ever, cast herself in an unfavorable light. It was partly personality, but mostly her upbringing suspense. She was very spoiled. She said when she was young, her father taught her how to argue and get her own way. This is from The Scotsman. With a subject like Margaret, it's easy to draw attention to qualities that might be described as flamboyant. Her signature hairstyle, bolstered by a hairpiece... The three-strand Ooh. pearl necklace that exposed her identity in the Polaroids, the tactless remarks she told Paul Getty she was a—he was a bad father—and a lack of accountability for her actions. At the age of twenty, she married Charles Sweeney, an Irish-American stockbroker whose family, uh, whose family's millions were founded in mining during the Gilded Age, and quickly yes. discovered he was controlling and bad-tempered. Their 15-year marriage was an attempt at domesticity from, uh, for Margaret, during which time she suffered eight miscarriages and a stillbirth before giving birth to a daughter and son. All Charlie wanted in a wife was a pretty brainless doll, she said, and credited the end of their marriage to his philandering during the war. Hmm. So complicated here. She's got a a history of being very spoiled by her parents. She then has a history of of being adored by the tabloids and all of London. Then she does have a lot of trauma during her first marriage where she has eight miscarriages. She has a uh, stillborn baby and a very cold husband. So... I I think she doesn't get enough credit in in, in what she experienced, but also uh, that's why she's such an interesting character, because she has has that complicated angle of like, well, you're hard to like, but also I feel a lot of compassion, but you make it so hard. Well, (laughs) Well, maybe that's just
4: a shell, you know, like who knows what the, the facade she's
0: putting forward to hide some of that trauma. Exactly, and also too, I think we we get a little in these days black and white of someone's good, bad, mm. in our culture now. But someone can be a narcissist and also be sympathetic, mm-hmm. and those two things can coexist. And it's a uh, uh, it's a personality disorder. I'm not diagnosing. Maybe, maybe (laughs) Um, there's, there's a range of that, of narcissistic qualities. That's why it's not one, you know, uh, you don't have to be like our last president to be a narcissist. There's ranges Mm -hmm. of that. So, and we can sympathize with that. And I think for most people that don't, they think, Oh, this person's a narcissist. Well, a hundred percent of the time that's usually that it comes from some type of trauma, severe trauma.
2: And I think it explains the shitty taste in men too. Because oh. after a while, you are
0: you talking about me?
2: Well, I was going to say for both of us.
0: Thanks uh, for clarifying. Anoth-
2: yeah. Another thing that we both share, um, <laughs> you with, and Margaret, yes, with, <laughs> miss, with miss Pearls. Um, I, I, it's this kind of idea of you. You, we choose thing. We choose what we think we're worth.
5: Mm. Um, a lot of
2: times, and when you're. When you're raised with that, I think in the in the packet it was saying that she had a mother who belittled yes. her. Yeah. Right. Um, even though even this this is a woman who's extremely beautiful. Right. Um, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how you look on the outside, it's how you feel on the inside. You we choose what we think we're worth. Um so she she probably knew these guys were trash bags. Um, but it was it was a pattern. We choose our patterns, like we say on the show all oh, the time. Oh yes. We choose, I'm so glad patterns.
1: you brought that up uh because I, I feel like we need to put Mar- margaret's parents up on the board For sure, yeah. um and here's a little background on 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 her mother particularly and her her father who also really spoiled her this is again from the scotsman Born Ethel Margaret Wiggum in 1912 in Newton Mearns, she was the only child of Helen, a woman prone to extreme mood swings, and George Wiggum, a self-made millionaire and president of the Selenese Company. Her mother's jealousy blighted her childhood spent in New York, London, and Ascot. She was taken to a psychiatrist who diagnosed her with lacking a sense of humor <laughs> and ordered her to watch Charlie Chaplin films.
5: Wow. She also
1: developed a stammer and was treated unsuccessfully by Lionel Logue, speech therapist to King George VI. No matter how pretty you are, Margaret, you will get nowhere in life if you stammer, Helen said. It is little wonder that Margaret turned to anyone who gave her affection, and at age 15, she became pregnant to David Niven and had a secret termination. Her father was a philanderer, and as a child, she was privy to her parents' marital rows and used as a pawn in her mother's attempt to make him behave. That's terrible. Everything Ugh. was a price, she once said, and like her mother, she was willing to overlook adultery and bad behavior in exchange for marriage and status. As Margaret's biographer... The theme of searching for her father in other men came, uh, not as a surprise, but as a way of understanding her tolerance of certain traits and her lack of empathy for her mother's unhappiness. In Margaret's later years, her maid thought she treated her dogs better than she treated people, and a friend remarked that she trusted only her pets and her father. Both were subservient to her and offered her love.
2: Wow. How did this woman make? It's a miracle this woman even made a life of anything.
4: I know her I know.
2: upbringing. Yeah. I just imagine. I just imagine the the doctor going. uh She's quite humorless. We need to uh, put her in front of the television. She'll watch some little tramp videos and she'll be fine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's crazy that that's got to say something about the the state of psychoanalysis at the time I guess yeah. or you know to I me mean, it feels
4: like that, that all of this was because she's in high society and she's being groomed for high society yeah, it's like, it's yeah, that that of, you, it speaks to the pressures of I don't care if you're beautiful like you have to be perfect you gotta speak perfect you gotta look perfect dollar. you gotta have, marry perfect like the pressures of that seem pretty unbearable uh, speaking
3: the price of, pi-
1: of a debutante speaking of
3: yes. pieces mm. should we put great expectations on the board oh
0: I like that <laughs> yes. yeah that's a good one that's a good one
2: I just think of Miss Havisham
3: <laughs> In her wedding dress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, go ahead. Sorry, no. I was just wanted. I wanted to go back briefly, but if uh, to, I want to just identify slut shaming, and I think we need to change that term because I think the term itself, uh, which includes the word slut, should not (laughs) be that. (laughs) If we're trying to avoid shaming, uh, right? I think we should change that word. I
0: mean, I love the word slut. I mean, we say all the time, I'm a slut. Jake's a slut. You're a slut. Your mom's, Your a, mom's slut. a slut. Your kid's a <laughs> slut. <laughs> right.
4: We kind of reclaim the word, We're right? We're all slut. Your baby was pretty, a slut. It was I, offensive at first. But am now, I so just, Clayton
0: is a big
3: slut. <laughs> slut. Yeah. We're all slut. <laughs> okay. We're all slutty.
0: Chris is the biggest slut of them all. I'm a
3: boomer <laughs> I'm have, I have a bit boomer mentality about this. Am I a little
0: bit late on this? I mean, some people get triggered by it, but, you know, I think the the book, The Ethical Slut, really has changed the conversation about that word. Got it, got it. Uh, what we can say, but
2: but you could say I sex understand. shaming too. If sex shaming—that's yeah. probably that's probably, yeah. that's probably yeah. a little better to- and more period typical.
1: Yes, I love that. I don't love that, but yes,
0: I, I like love the term sex shaming.
3: <laughs> I gotta add the ethical slut to the reading list. of okay. yes. <laughs> the great book.
1: Um, let let's put that up on the board. And I want to talk about like this. Two. This is this is a two parter. Number okay. one, keeping mementos of sexual acts. Okay. I let I want to discuss, and number two, actually, celebrity hacking or time. You know, the, it wasn't celebrity hacking at at the right, time, but, obviously, yeah. but it's it's what we now know as celebrity hacking. Do you want to no, put that yeah. on
0: the board, or do you want to call Both. it something different?
1: Let's call it celebrity hacking. Why okay. not?
0: Isn't it funny that we think the things that are happening now with all the social media and internet that the videos and that are shared this time. is all a new thing. Right? It's right. not a new. Th- if you actually go back to Scotland and you look in caves, there are hieroglyphics of Jake having sex. <laughs> He's that old. From
1: from wow. <laughs> <you> know <laughs> what is this feeling that you want to keep mementos of sexual acts? You know, well, because I
2: have something to put on the apps.
1: Mm. (laughs) No!
0: Jake, no!
4: (laughs) She definitely would have been the only fans of her time. Yes, she would have. Just
1: to be clear here, she had the the Polaroids. She also had a letter. This is just keeping her own evidence. I don't know why she did this, but she had the letter that she had used. Um, She had cut up a previous letter of his ex-wife, Louise, Mm -hmm. and she had made it She had arranged it in a way where it's it it was as if it was her writing that the 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 children were not his. Does that make sense? So she
4: had had kind of like the kids. This is like single white female type stuff. Yeah, totally. But she
1: kept that letter where she had the cut ups uh, uh, from a previous letter. So it was like very involved because then what she I was curious how she did this. She put another piece of paper on top of the letter and she traced it so that it would be Louise's handwriting.
2: Hmm. It's a it is a narcissistic trait. To
4: yeah, keep I was just like going to say that. that. Oh, um, so narcissism on the board.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because think... you
0: keep these things. I'm. Oh, look how smart I was. Look how clever exactly.
2: They're physical oh. manifestations of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look wow. what I look what I conquered. Look who I conquered. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, in the mix of this person, probably normal for her is um, normal for her is feeling bad. So Mm. in feeling, in feeling just like she's deviant. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine, I know this happens a lot when I was doing counseling, like with gay men that had dealt with, like, it was hard for them to just have a normal sexual relationship because it felt. It didn't feel bad. It felt right. good, but that yeah. felt right. not nor quote normal or typical. Wow, interesting. So I think that probably the typical, I like that word better than normal, actually. The typical feeling for her is to feel sneaky, to feel mm. to feel bad, to like feel deviant. To feel something ex- deviant. Explicit. Yeah. So normality, quote, normality of life felt so not typical to her. So when you were talking about that, she tried to do the domesticity route that no way that would work for her because oh. it didn't feel thrilling it didn't feel normal
4: i wow. I like that i kind of like the what you're saying there is like almost like she was her big rebelling against kind of like the the like i don't know how to put this it's almost like the theater of like normalcy or like the mm-hmm. the yeah, the, uh, yeah maybe you
3: guys can for help me find I like what, that what... i just think theater of, normalcy. theater of normalcy is a nice uh
0: and we do, we if, all do it. I guarantee I'll you, have people that quotes. just drove off the road and went, fuck That's me, because we all do it <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we, have, we have to, yeah.
3: Well, we learned in when we were, we did the uh Charles and Diane um divorce. Was it the Charles and Diana? Diana? <laughs> Diana? It's funny oh, that
1: you call her Diane. <laughs>
3: Little ditty about Charles and Diane. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, Two British people Diana.
2: doing the best they can. Sorry, I'm going to get a lot of heat. That's his Long Island mm-hmm. like I know going to say Charles we're going over to Charles and Diane's house. You're going to be there at 7.
3: <laughs> um we were just anyway, the point I was trying to make was uh there's a cheating gene. There's a gene they've mm. just they've figured out that what? gene. Yes, in your DNA there's some genotype blo- something. That basically is like you prefer being uh, covert or the excitement, you know, of of going behind someone's back. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> and, and that's my mother
0: said she did my family history of the Mars, and she went all the way back and found out the reason why we were originally called Moro, but in Canada, he cheated on his wife and stole all of her sons. And the wife, they moved down to Texas and changed her last name to Mar. Oh, and my, my mother gosh. told me this hour long story about my family history. And then she looked at me and she said, well, I guess that explains why your father did it. Oh, <laughs> Southern stories are sad. Never.
4: Get this woman a couch. She needs to sit down and Get relax. That, <laughs> <laughs> that
0: explains it's all genetics. You run by it honestly. Be careful, son.
3: Mom. It 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 is like a bit of a deflection, but can we put uh, genetics in there of... Uh... Mm. The genetics of cheating.
1: Sure, this this
3: uh, scientific. That's fascinating.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think that you know, perhaps misogyny too has to go yeah. up, yeah, up, yeah, up on the board because it's for her. It's like she was just being an horrible person. It, if she okay for just for the record, the trial never really yes. like questioned whether he was cheating. No, he was. He was. He was a landowner. Yes, he 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 totally he had multiple affairs. Also, wait and, wait wait, Rebecca, yeah. you said
4: trial. It wasn't a trial. It was I a di- know. It was a divorce. But it, but it, hearing. it was treated it like the, a, trial. a trial. It's just that's funny wild. that even we use the the trial because that's how it was like displayed to the public. But it was just like a simple divorce proceeding, which shouldn't have been wow. a public.
2: And didn't didn't I'm sure you guys will get to this, but did the judge like talked for like yes. two hours, like delivering yes. this. Obviously, they're trying to persecute this woman and almost like burn her as a sex witch mm. right? Yes. Yeah. And, and I think yeah, we should put and, him
3: up on the board right judge uh, yes, this is the judge yes. and I interrupted you Rebecca really.
4: I, I want you to finish what you were saying sorry well,
1: I just, just want to read uh, this excerpt from the Guardian because I think it'll, it'll uh, clarify more viewed today she was a vibrant sexually liberated woman ahead of her time the wealth of her father and, and of her first husband enabled her to live by another set of rules which then became everybody else's set of rules says Lacey, the swinging '60s were about to start, and the pill, made available by single uh, for single women, the following decade signaled the start of the sexual revolution. Then, though, says Spence, it was scandalous because women weren't expected to behave like that. But Margaret was defiant. She was a formidable woman who had come through many traumatic experiences during her first marriage. And uh, she also suffered a head injury and broke her back when she fell 40 feet down a lift shaft, spending three months in the hospital. So this also happened during her first marriage. This is from uh, Guide London. Her close friends included George, Duke of Kent, with whom she was said to have had an affair. Society for photographers Cecil Beaton and Barbara Cartland, later step grandmother of Princess Diane, Diana. Um, <laughs> Cartland became the fifth most translated novelist in the world, famed for her extravagantly s- sartorial style and uh, liberal use of false eyelashes she was later said uh, to say that margaret she was very beautiful and, and every man wanted to go to bed with her and she wanted to go to bed with every man she did have love affairs which lasted a long time i think men found her rather boring after a time <laughs> margaret's <laughs> love life read like a list of most el- eligible bachelors um she was just a victim of extreme double standards. Double standards,
0: yeah. yeah. That, thank you, that, put that, that's a but, that's Put, such put a it on the like, big board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm I mean, if you're in the hospital, you fell down an elevator shaft and you come back to life, you deserve to get the D you
4: want. Right. <laughs> I know. Well, you can, before yes. you fall down another shaft. <laughs> she pulled,
2: what is it? She pulled like, this is an old reference, but she pulled an LA law. Remember when they know. killed that character when they fell down an elevator shaft? Wow. I'm sorry. No, I no do,
0: one
4: remembers
2: I'm not, that. I don't remember that, wow. <laughs> I actually
0: said something oh, that was too old. You know what? Just <laughs> grab your cane and walk out the frame. I know.
3: <laughs> She fell down a shaft and she got the shaft.
0: Mm, nice.
2: Oh
3: yeah. Oh, she got wow. shaft
0: all right. Why? Yeah.
2: <laughs> she got a lot of shafts. <laughs> this
4: is explicit episodes. Like, uh, this
0: is, this is, <laughs> welcome to reality games. <laughs> welcome. This is what
3: we. Yeah, you guys are uh, having way too much of an influence on. No,
0: yeah. On we, we haven't even sang the Girth Train song yet. Which <laughs> yeah, so I yeah. you know.
4: I mean, well, do we put yeah. this? is kind of a ridiculous, but I'm just going to say it. Maybe we don't even put it on, but. Do we put trailblazing? Like she just seemed like yeah. she was a sexual trailblazer. I, I yeah.
3: think that I was going to say something similar, which is it feels like she was on the front lines of this um, sort of shift in orthodoxy or like shift in ethics or shift in so just culture, culture shift. Well, we
0: forget about the pill. I'm glad you brought that up. We forget what the pill did for women.
3: Yes.
4: Yeah, it is a bit specul. I mean, who knows? To- it's hard for us to say that she was doing this like in defiance of like an oppressive sexual, you know, society. Right. So it's like uh, this- the trailblazing again is a little bit like I a-, think a reach. But she like- wanted hers.
2: And she- I think she wasn't she was trying to do things discreetly, but she wasn't being that discreet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everyone. Yeah, I- so I think yeah, I agree. She and
3: I-, I also think Clayton, to your point, too, it's 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 Every it has to do with timing because right. I think people were looking for a scapegoat. Okay, mm. you know, sure. more conservative-minded people were like, who were not comfortable with these changes in the culture, uh, were looking for a scapegoat. So- well,
1: uh, George, uh, George Judge Lord Wheatley sure right. used her as the scapegoat. Exactly. Yes, and it's old
5: Wheatley. <laughs> <Lord> <laughs> Sounds Wheatley.
2: dry.
1: This is from Vanity Fair. As Sarah Phelps, writer who adapted Margaret's story for A Very British Scandal, says, she was on trial for being a sexual woman. A Jesuit-educated judge named Lord Wheatley, who was related to Ian, so her ex-husband, that's already problematic. Oh my God. Come on. Presided, putting uh, Margaret further under the microscope. Wheatley is a Puritan, Phelps explains. The hill he is going to die on is putting the sexuality of women into a box-marked Disgusting! He's the one who absolutely destroys her and he could have just given the, the judgment. I find it in favor of the plaintiff. This is the judgment. There are these are the costs. Ten right. minutes max. Instead, he dramatically ended the hearing with a 50,000 word judgment that took over three hours for him to read one particularly damning line. She is a highly sexed woman who has ceased to be satisfied with normal sexual activities and has started to indulge in disgusting sex. Sexual activities to gratify a debased sexual appetite that can only be satisfied by a number of men
2: right. sounds
3: great <laughs> <laughs> you know what right. I just realized? sign
2: me up
3: the judge is like jealous He's a pervert. Totally. He's a he's a pervert. Mm. He's a, he's a pervert. The we going to put like puritanical society. Like that's. This,
0: I like- mean, this is like, growing up in the South. Yes. All, I was raised Catholic, but all those I'm not anymore. But all the like very evangelical church across every one of those youth leaders that used to preach to us about being washed in the blood and not having sex, almost every single one of them had had affairs. Like, yep, yep, so yep, i, I yep. just think we say on the show a lot um you spot it you got it so mm. it's this way these people are cute you just remember y'all when you get accused that's usually because someone is doing it themselves
1: oh my god Ooh. yes i love that someone term. just drove you off the road it, again it. oh shit
4: <laughs> yeah, <you're> like- <laughs> everyone stop driving and just listen to the rest of the episode Safety, please.
2: It, but no it's this idea of um Also, the idea of female sexuality and that women should desire pleasure in sex right? and even Mm. that they should even get it, that Mm -hmm. they should be there, be there instead of just being like sex toys, human sex toys for their husbands. This is, you know, they were they they were writing about it. Simone de Beauvoir in like the 40s and 50s, but no English culture had not accepted that.
1: No way.
4: You said writing about it. And I feel like we've talked about this, but we should put the tabloids up, right?
1: Yes. Because it was
4: being yes. written
1: about. Yes. Um, when I
0: wonder how much there was like, because she said, I know in the, we were, I was reading that she called him a two-faced, a true Gemini. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, what was, like, how much of this was, was this by his design mm-hmm. to lure her in uh, and then kind of start with this two-faced? Was, was this his... And he was such a terrible person. Was his intention all along to publicly humiliate her? And so, yeah, I don't know. just I think, know.
1: I think absolutely in that his he uh, previous sure. pro- uh, he wanted her money. He also wanted to shame her. He had she he felt like she had gone too far when she tried to convince him that uh, perhaps his children were Ill- illegitimate. Right, mm. so he he was he felt like he had been shamed and he wanted to have some kind of revenge uh, against her. Um, I think that that is absolutely, that was absolutely his um, plan. I don't think he did this with his previous wives. So Mm. it wasn't a, but his previous wives also didn't put up a a fight like Margaret did.
4: Maybe so there's some ego involved. Totally. No, no, he no, wants to say
2: his, previ- his previous wives probably did not were not, even if they did have affairs, they weren't so um public about it. Yes. Because it seems like all society knew about these affairs. And that was the worst part of it. Not the not mm. the fact that she had them, the fact that all society was probably talking about it.
1: Yeah, and she wanted to do whatever she wanted to do. And she didn't want anyone telling her what she could and couldn't do. And she was raised in a way that allowed her to have these feelings <laughs> publicly <laughs> and not be ashamed of them. And bless.
4: I think uh, an interesting factor too is that she was quite wealthy. So when the, yeah. the divorce proceedings went underway, it wasn't like she was just the dependent on her husband who was divorcing her. She had her own money and she and she like, went to court with him.
0: Like
3: hired her Mm
4: -hmm. lawyers, fought the battle and thought she was going to win.
3: Should we put more money, more problems on the board? (laughs) Sure.
1: This would never happen to me. (laughs) I would never have the costliest divorce. (laughs) What a
2: waste. I think think, uh, a friend of mine's a a divorce attorney and always said, you never really know the cruelty of people uh, to one another in until you get in a divorce proceeding wow it is just the most ugly uh,
0: people will try to hurt one another in the worst possible it's way. when we're at um, our like yeah mo- yeah that's a good point yeah. it's
1: very spiteful
4: yeah and punishing people like monetarily too like the, the yeah. like, shallow and shallowness of that how yeah
1: hmm. um i feel like we're running out of time but i do want to talk about uh this you know thought that perhaps margaret was kept her silence on behalf of her friends so she was charged with having 88 affairs and the the number 88 came from possibly the uh, number of different men in her journal that she had had either dinner with or you know
2: one for every key on the piano <laughs> 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 Mr. B flat, <laughs> Mr. F Sharp <laughs> and I'll never forget <laughs> E-natural. Yes, that's her favorite note right there.
1: <laughs> but Margaret never disclosed who, it, whether, you know, even though some of them were named, she never disclosed if she actually had an affair or hadn't. And some say it was because she was protecting these men because mm. at the time it was, I believe, illegal to uh, be gay and in London. And she some of she knew that a lot of her friends were gay and she just didn't want to out them mm. in, in such yeah. a public way.
5: And
2: Ooh. she might've had pictures with, like you were saying there was, there was like a man taking the picture and there was another man even in the room. And that was still, that, that was a, that was an offense of sodomy. Sure. If you were, if you were with another, so it makes sense that it was kind of like all, uh, if you read anything about gay history, the everything is coded when it talks about um uh when they talk about like male homosexuals they were called, they called fairies in the 20s and 30s uh everything was about if you were having an affair that was kind of the same thing as as uh you you were kind of still hanging out with those people and a lot of times uh male homosexuals called themselves bisexual at the time so they would have affairs with women just to kind of uh fly under the radar right oh, oh you're now, not yeah.
0: really gay just kind of gay right
2: <laughs> just a lit just a soup song of yeah. gay
0: right it's a soup song <laughs> yeah it usually guys do it now and then they go to summer camp and then the <laughs> and this shit happens
1: but i i you know it, it's i think we should put homophobia up on the board
0: Yeah. And- well i think the story very much is i think it's why gay men a lot of times especially but all queer people kind of relate to these type of stories of people that are sex shame, slut shame, but also yeah. people that are like Poodle said, or Jake said, flying under the radar. This story is definitely like a queer allegory. I think for, mm. in, in a lot of ways of just, I, I, I mean, I think that's why we as gay men will always root for a woman who is trying to fight for her place in the world because, um, because you know, straight men are terrible. <laughs> no, sorry, kidding, I'm
2: kidding, I'm sorry. Present <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> present company. Present company excluded. We're we're, we're, we're awful. We're terrible. <laughs> no,
3: you're not. You're wonderful. You're wonderful.
2: <laughs> I always say the number of straight men I actually want to know to de- click decreases every
0: day. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting we're getting. It's, <laughs> a, t-
1: it's a ticker. <laughs> it's just going down. <laughs>
0: ticker. But no, yeah, so I, but yeah, I think, yeah, putting queerness, like what, something on the board of that, it's definitely, because I bet those, I guarantee you those were her best friends, because it was, um, those were the people that she knew she could trust. Yes, Yes. they were in the same,
2: they were in the same underworld, absolutely,
1: they could totally understand each other, and there was a great scene in a very British scandal, where she, you know, she's being. She has a a, a female friend who comes into, a, 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 or the car that she's in at her father's funeral, and pretty much tells her like, don't don't go through with this divorce, or or just give him what he wants. Otherwise, you're going to be ostracized by your community. And she's like. Whatever, get out of my car. And then she has one of her friends come in who is, it's never said whether he's gay or not, but he just goes in. He knows she's feeling bad and he's like, Don't you just want to go get drunk? The two
2: go off. <laughs> Everyone oh. needs
0: that gay friend.
2: They 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 just went to the slut bar.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. You call. They went to well, a you, drag
2: bar with, you, with lots of ladies.
0: Every every girl needs a friend named Tyler who's gonna uh-huh. Tyler or Ashton who's gonna take them to. Girl, oh, we gotta go
2: to the bar. We'll
0: uh, get our uh, drink
2: on there's also
0: you know it's like this this her story almost reminds me kind of like in a very different way but what happened to oscar wilde mm. you know this mm-hmm. trial about just being over sex being right like, but there was no legitimacy to this yeah. yeah right
1: yeah so i i feel like we have a good board yeah. clayton what do you think it's is there anything good. else We're we're We've left that you feel like we need to put up there
2: before. Should we we just put the word
4: "oversexed"? Just like in quotes. Yes,
2: I I think that was her biggest crime: that she had sex and liked it and enjoyed it.
4: Well, great. So great. Let's let's save (laughs) oversexed. We should save this for the for the board. This part of the conversation. Maybe liked
1: sex. (laughs) She just likes sex, it seems. Yes. Like, yeah, that the term oversexed is is terrible.
4: Yeah. Who decides what's over? It's a personal decision how much sex is over or under for you, right? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I'll
2: say it's never enough. (laughs) Oh wow. Uh, I can say that now.
4: (laughs) All right. We've got to get to this board, you guys.
1: Okay, let's do it. Let's take a quick break and then we'll start knocking things off the board.
3: Who's to blame for the Duchess of Argyle scandal? The Duke, classism, putting on airs. The Duchess, revenge porn, slut slash sex shaming. Margaret's parents, Great Expectations, the price of being a debutante, keeping mementos of sexual acts, celebrity hacking, narcissism, theater of normalcy, genetics of cheating, misogyny. Judge Lord Wheatley. Double standards, sexual trailblazing, puritanical sexual oppression, the British tabloid slash media, more money, more problems. Margaret silence, homophobia, or oversexedness. <laughs> oversexedness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a board.
3: Um, this that is a is good a hell board. Of a board. That might be our largest board ever. Yes. Oh, I
0: love this. Sorry, that's what we do. it's <laughs> it, 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 you know, it's, it's uh, extra. It's, um, and you know the, what?
2: Margaret was always looking for the largest board possible. Mm-hmm, she spent yes.
0: her a whole She was life. a size nice queen for sure. She was. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I was diagnosed or I had I had ADD when I was a kid and I feel like now it's just gay DD. So it's just all of this kind of stuff. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. yes. Let's fold a few things into one another, I feel. Okay. Um, yes. I, like, let's see here. S- sex shaming into double standards?
3: Well, maybe the other way around. I feel like the sex shaming is really the sex shaming is the big one mm-hmm. I think. yeah yeah so yeah, okay, let's okay. double standard that, that into... could be
2: that you could take over sexedness off of that okay I think because okay. I think it's I think it's all sex shaming the idea that mm-hmm. women liked sex or yeah. should have sex in general yeah right um, yeah. and should enjoy it and <laughs> yes. I think t- sexual
3: trailblazing can also be folded into um, yeah you don't want to
4: even if you don't want to blame someone shaming. for being a trailblazer right yeah no.
1: You can yeah. fold that into her, you know?
4: Yeah, fold that
0: into... Yeah. The that
3: puritanical sexual oppression can also yeah. be... I well, mean, all that's, all I think, that's kind of the same thing, yeah.
0: Isn't revenge porn too into sex shaming sure. as well, really? Yeah. Yes,
1: yeah. yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's put that
1: in. Margaret's parents. Yeah, we'll keep them on for a little longer. Great keep- expectations and the price of being a debutante. Those
2: are kind of the same. Too. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it's, yep. it's, it's the... Do you
4: want A to get rid of both of them expected. or fold one into the other? Because, I, yeah. I
3: think they maybe can both be rolled into classism, maybe? Yes.
2: Uh, oh, yeah, Especially the, so. the class Her. that she was born into and the class that she had to, to behave in. Yeah. Yes. Say, uh,
1: and putting on airs is the, the same. It could yeah. also fold into yeah, classism. Yeah, I think
0: so. There's uh, – I mean, is – I feel like misogyny would fit into one of these as well, because it, whether it is the the sex shaming yeah. or um, sure. I, men weren't... But I don't know. I, I go back and forth. I think right? it's,
2: misogyny and sex shaming are the two twin pillars
0: yeah. of what we can blame. Yeah, it's like, us. are they related or are they too, um, you know, are they air and water creating waves i feel like you mm. fold misogyny into sex wow. shaming
4: because the sex shaming was coming from both it wasn't just the men who were doing the shaming right it was like, the women
3: too. it
1: was women too and i think mm-hmm. that's the problem i mean
3: right But so the misogyny can cause that
1: type of behavior. sure yeah. sure totally
4: but i yeah
1: internalized misogyny it's like internalized yeah, exactly. pa- uh, patriarchy mm-hmm. let's put I opinion, I
0: Sorry, Celebrity hi. hacking and British tabloids the media maybe could be folded into one?
1: Yes. Uh-huh. I think blame the the tabloids more. Yeah, well, for sure.
0: Because people knew they could if they hacked, they knew that that could get publicized.
1: Yes.
4: What about the mementos? Is that, would do we fold that into sex shaming as well? Keeping the well, narcissism, mementos? I yeah,
1: I like narcissism, I think.
2: Narcissism. Yeah, like like into narcissism. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Okay. Theater I,
1: of normalcy.
4: That's,
2: Um, I would say that
4: is, is that classism?
2: Classism.
1: Oh, yes. Genetics of cheating. I just don't think there's enough science behind it yet. Right, Chris?
3: Um, There's just, you know, uh, there's they're still... According no, to Matt's mom. I, you know, if you're Mar, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. It's hard to prove.
4: Maybe someone just says it to make them feel better about just cheating all the time. So like, I can't help it, it's science. (laughs) That's what those scientists are doing.
3: More money, more problems can be folded into classism. Classism. Yes, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's classism.
1: Margaret's silence folds into homophobia.
3: Yes.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, Mm -hmm. you guys really
1: did help. You really took this task seriously. That doesn't always happen.
4: Margaret's parents, I guess you fold them into what? Society, classism, um, like, oh, her, her
3: mother seemed particularly mean, but I think, I, I think that's that's childhood
2: and bringing up, so I think, um, just to
3: keep it separate,
2: yeah. I think I, it's, I think it's, it's important. separate,
0: you know. We probably should have said on the board, we said narcissism, but we probably the general term, we probably should have put mental illness. I think sure. that is just. Um, so when you think about Margaret's parents, I think that is included in mental illness, oh, especially yeah. it sounds like from her mother. It sounds very, okay. Um, right. you know, definitely those...
1: untreated mental illness. Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh-huh. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to add. No, no that's no. fine. But we'll fold but so her we parents can fold, into that. We, I think we can fold no- Margaret's parents and narcissism yeah. into mental illness. Okay. Sure.
1: Um, wow. I feel like we can take the Duchess off the board.
0: Yes. I, agree,
1: yeah. I I I look. I I just don't think that we she she at the end of the day she didn't deserve this. It was not a fair fight.
0: No, no, because no. of
1: misogyny and because of all of the sex shaming, the puritanical like ways of uh, 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 of the time and of the culture. There is that sense of duty when you are part of the class. You know, you read about it with the royals. And this the the fact that you are expected in that society to do your part or, or play your role because the society has given you this title and this role and w- and with it come these funds. but now we own you
4: right. Yeah. and you can be outed. you can be like expelled from society like it is a very classist yeah. structure and they, and they really buy into that. so I, I can totally see this like it's not just. The people who have the titles, it's everyone who's like participating in that yes. system and yep. r- writing about the it's, people with the titles or without the title. You know, like it's. Mm-hmm. it's I don't pretty- know if
2: anybody saw um, the recent romantic comedy "Red, White, and Royal Blue," uh, <laughs> when <laughs> the American, <laughs> when the American son of the president, uh, played by Uma Thurman with a southern accent uh uh is dating the the british the heir to the british or the, the sorry the spare like the prince harry mm. and he basically says things like you don't to, you don't understand that the tabloids over here they rule our lives it is a, something we need to do but um it, it it he delivered a monologue not well delivered but it had a lot of <laughs> a lot of similar <laughs> things that y'all Ur. are saying <laughs> <laughs> Well, they were very pretty when I watched it.
0: You'll it was, watch anything gay.
2: I will, as a gay person, I will watch anything gay, no matter it how bad true.
0: or good it Doesn't is. Doesn't matter. He'll watch we, it.
2: The bar is that low.
0: Yes, <laughs> you got to support. You got to support. Yeah,
2: that's I, right.
0: I wonder if George Lord Judge Lord Wheatley, even though that just the name itself, I want to keep it its own thing, would fit into whether slut shaming or whether classism or. Mm. Yeah. Well,
1: here's the thing. We sex shaming is bad as a concept. Lord Wheatley, I feel, was particularly bad for Margaret and the scandal. Not only yeah. did he allow he allowed these uh, letters and this photograph and the journal that was stolen from her. It was in a, yeah. a, a drawer of hers with a key and they, and, and they used a locksmith to open it. They, they literally broke into Margaret's home. Stolen. Ian stolen. Yes, it was all stolen and he allowed it to be part of the evidence. And that, those were the, the key pieces of evidence that then spread yeah, right. like wildfire. So yeah, it, it's like
4: he it was public. M: mm, It's a good point. No,
2: all of this is a perfect storm, I think, of everything you guys have on the board.
4: Mm-hmm. We have to whittle it yeah. down to who or what we're throwing in jail and then who or what gets the big slap. So that's our task okay. right now. It's going to OK.
1: We've still got the Duke, classism, sex shaming, untreated mental illness, Judge Lord Wheatley, the British tabloids and homophobia. So still a lot on the board. I do feel like we can take homophobia perhaps too. off. Yeah.
0: I think so too. Yeah, seems less about that.
1: And untreated mental illness, perhaps would do. Yeah, or do we th- I what think do we. we think? I think
0: it's taken off the board because it wasn't something on the board of the time. That's mm. true. It like it yeah. wasn't even talked about. So we're talking about. It's a bit revisionist history for us to even really kind of, you know. So yeah,
1: yeah. It's gonna be hard not to blame the Duke
0: yeah I, I mean he is a Gemini oh
5: <laughs> Chris lie.
0: Chris is a Gemini Chris right here, sorry, explain Chris. yourself that that's why I'm attracted to you Chris <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, You love the, the duke then me and the duke yeah you're just another victim uh look, you, you're you're a target for me I could definitely take advantage of that I won't but, no. um I think the Duke and I think Rebecca's push for Lord Wheatley makes a lot of sense because Mm -hmm. as we're looking at this particular scandal and, you know, she ended up where she ended up sort of cast out of her social circle. And then also sort of, she had no money, no resources. I think the, the turning point was this judgment and the subsequent like press around the trial. Mm. Um, really for it to be to a that.
1: scandal
0: exactly yeah and, yes. and the
3: gatekeeper of that all is Wheatley I think
0: mm-hmm. and, and I want to you know yeah you make a, you just put an image in my head of puppet masters mm. and when I think of people but on the strings are not puppets on the strings of these of the, of the masters are classism are sex shaming mm. are the tabloids all these access that the means of access they had to publicly denounce this woman yeah and we like to be you know what i like too
4: is it's it's more specific we, we've thrown some of these like broader themes in jail often it's kind of nice to put someone who's representing those broader themes in jail or slap yep. them you know yes. like i like yeah. the idea of slapping the or throwing the judge in jail and slapping the tab or, or vice whatever knowing that they were influenced by like oh. the classism by mm-hmm. the sex shaming the mm-hmm. societal stuff
1: the sound of a slap is so different when you're slapping an actual person mm. than when you're slapping a concept. Yeah. Let's.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I picture the I picture the judge with large jowls, so it does seem even more a good satisfying. Good slap. I slap do want to look, look a up clap. a
0: picture. Yeah. And it just yes,
2: like can you get a picture. And <laughs> his we, jowls we, kind
0: of can, still. Yeah, do shake. we know what? Yes. Yeah, Judge Lord Wheatley looks like, please.
1: Yeah, it would be good to get a visual. And and while we're doing that, I do feel like th- I think we send the Duke to the Alarmist jail and we slap Judge Lord Lord. Love
2: McKay.
0: it! I cut. You go, go directly it. to jail. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Chris, do we have a photo?
3: Coming, do we have coming, a
1: visual?
0: Coming, hang on. Does yeah. that sound? like do, you, do you enjoy that jail and big slap? Do you want, you're asking me. Yeah, I think that it's. I think thing?
4: it's great. I think it's fantastic. I and think I'm...
1: we're all on the same page. Chris, can you get get us a, a description of? Yeah, of Lord Wheatley?
3: How, do I, uh, how do I put an image into the?
1: <laughs> Let's. Oh. Do, why don't we you do. describe Wait. it for our audience? Um, yeah.
3: Jowls. I'm seeing many jowls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, bald- the names. Got sort the of a names. smug grin. Oh. I will say I, he seems a bit nicer than I, than I wish he did. Oh, oh, But
1: you know what? Imagine him with one of those wigs. That mm. makes it Yes, work. they
2: wear. Those yeah. little powdered wigs. I've been told by a friend who's a lawyer in, um, or a barrister that they the, they don't make the wigs anymore. You have to like buy a wig and like someone's used it before you. Mm. Oh my God. So a lot of times they smell really bad. <laughs> oh,
1: that'll make you want to get this trial going. <laughs> like, yeah. let's get this over with.
2: Like rare back with a big slap. Like you're doing your arm around like
1: <laughs> okay. this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to call it. Judge Lord Wheatley, you're getting the big slap. The Duke of Argyle, you're going to the alarmist jail. And there you have it. We oh. pretty much solved Yay! this very British scandal. You're welcome,
2: everyone. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs>
1: seriously, though, we couldn't have done this without Matt and Jake. You were the perfect guests. Yes,
2: thanks, guys. This was so much fun. It was talking really about fun. sex shaming and uh, and what was the brutal the brutal uh, assault on this woman's reputation. Yes. Seriously. <laughs> well,
0: think about I think that. it's you know hopefully this makes people remember that we have this history of just uh of talking about women in a sexual way publicly period Mm -hmm. so maybe it reminds us that when we have our own internal misogyny of things we're working on that hey maybe i don't need to comment on that celebrity's dress or her boobs Mm -hmm. or her if she's had plastic surgery if i like her talent right i think her talent is terrible comment on
3: that (laughs) amazing fair
0: Uh, Well, thanks, guys.
1: It's been wonderful having you on the show. Thank you for having
2: having us.
1: In the aftermath, following the divorce, the Duke remarried within months. Margaret, however, would be ostracized from the social circles that she was once the center of. And despite attempts to capitalize on her fame including a memoir titled Forget Not. She lived the rest of her life in financial ruin. The Alarmist is now on Patreon. Subscribe and get ad-free content along with bonus episodes. Go to patreon.com slash The Alarmist or check out the link in our show description. Visit our website, www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram, at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter, at Alarmist The. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with editing by Molly Hockey and fact-checking by... Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.
2: This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag.
1: Chris Smith. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Crystal Dinsberg. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the downfall of WeWork. The Alarmist. Powered by ACAST.